Hey everybody, it is Puka. Thank you for joining us on the One to Go show. It's hard to believe, but the high school hockey season is right around the corner. And with that being said, we wanted to remind you of the other podcast that Goat Sports produces, which is called the Tea with Miss McGill show. The Tea with Miss McGill show covers high school hockey in Minnesota. So if you're a hockey fan, jump over to the favorite place that you podcast, search the Tea with Miss McGill show. If you'd like to catch it on YouTube or on Facebook, search Goat Sports Media and you can catch it there. Welcome everybody to the One to Go show presented by Dirt Track Supply. It is Ryan Ahill. It is Bert Lehman. It is Puka. We appreciate you being here. Uh, go ahead and hit that uh, like button. We'd appreciate that right away. Subscribe to the One to Go show. And of course, as always, share with your friends. Uh, coming off a big weekend of racing and maybe, maybe a bigger race or weekend of football, possibly. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> Right, right there. Right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, you know, we'll we'll just finish it right here. What What did I predict last week? What did I What did I say? I don't. You wrote it down. I'm just saying. You wrote it down. I wrote it down. I I what I heard was 34, 31 bikes with Kirk Cousins with 300 plus passing yards, and I said that's a lot of points for Kirk. And you said no, no. If you look at the stats, etc., etc. So you backed it up. I'm just saying I should get like three or four points in our pickums because clearly I can pick football a hell of a lot better than I picked racing this last week. That flat out sucked. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But of course, you know, Puka, let's start. You know, we talk about dirt track supply, you know, proud sponsor of the show. One of the huge thanks, of course, to Trevor and Ron, all they do. We're getting to that time of year. Wives, you know, we're getting close to Thanksgiving, Black Friday shopping. I know they have some deals over there at Dirt Track Supply. Get that loved one a free engine, a free car, you know, whatever you want to get them. Tires, if Hoosier has them, you name it, but get them at Dirt Track Supply, home of the Arrow chassis. But episode number 107, guys. All right. Who do you got? I actually have an 07. And Bert, you might know this guy. Kelly Bone, 07. I believe, is he from Colorado? Because he's, he's so spotty, but he's been to the USA Nationals. He might be a Colorado guy. I think he was from Colorado. I remember that name. I completely, that's a good one right there. I completely spaced Kelly Bowen. Do you have a picture of him, Bert? Maybe either one of you? I do oh, not. I think we can scrounge we'll, one up. We'll red. You can get red we'll card with the yellow number. We'll find yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll find one. We'll find one. So, Kelly Bowen. So, Bert, 107, 07? Um, I have a 07 um, modified, I am saying modified driver, Chris Wilkie. Uh, he is a former track champion at Shino Speedway, uh, race there in the 1990s. And then he moved to Iowa and, um, I haven't heard, heard much of him lately, but, uh, he is a former track champion at Shino Speedway. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So as you can see, I'm glowing when I was on the cruise, <laughs> this is kind of what my legs looked like on the cruise, right? Everybody's like that guy's from up North him right there. And now all of me is glowing. I'm out here, guys, in Washburn, North Dakota, at Cap at the Captain's Cabin Bar and Grill out here doing the show. Good buddy of mine owns his place out here. I'm actually a proud sponsor of Lucas Rodin, right? The 2021 Minnesota Midwest Mod National Champion. So kind of out here for them, guys. <coughs> but kind of a little bit of the stomping grounds, uh, kind of. 
for the person I'm going to talk about first, how about this one for you, Puka? Howard Hoff. Nick Hoff's dad. Nick Hoff's dad. 107. 107. So he ran, uh, I talked to Nick, and he's like, my dad was 107. He ran mostly in Dickinson and Williston in the early 80s out here in western part of North Dakota, and he got a lone feature win at a day race. We talk about day races suck, and Nick's like, day races are cool. My dad won one of them, right? So it was in Lambert, Montana. He said it got done so early that they loaded up, they drove home, and they still had time to crack a few beers and have a barbecue at home after they got home. So so Howard Hoff, the 107, another one I got from Steve Delkey, who is a listener of the show, and he sent me some stuff on Facebook, Dick Breezemeister. Now, this gentleman here, three times in a row, won the late model track championship at the Rice Lake Speedway back in the 60s, number 107. So okay. I, I'm like, that's kind of a cool one. That's vintage. So uh, thanks, uh, Steve, for that. We'll get into 07. Puka, you're killing me, man. 07, late model. He's been to Labor Day multiple times. His son raced. His his son-in-law's a stud. His his daughter raced. In 07? Dino Don Swearingen. Oh, yeah, yes, I was a little he, before my time, but yeah. It wasn't okay. before that time. You're two years younger than me, not even. Like, stop. Yeah, it. but I don't, Ain't I see young. pictures of him, but I don't ever recall him racing. Unbelievable. Where is he from? Like down south? Dino. That's Puka, P double O K A. Go ahead, all the hate mail that you want, send that to Puka. How I, I, unbelievable. He was sponsored, you know, by Geller. He had the 07. Um, okay, kind God, of partnered yeah. up. They, they really hung around Eggersdorf. Uh, um, Big Joe, um, Joe, J Joey Jensen's dad was involved with that whole deal. Also, brothers, oh. they all kind of travel together. But remember, he had a bright, he had an orange car, he had white cars. He used to come up in the, it was in the 80s. So he'd come up to Labor Day. I remember him up in Thunder Bay, but he was always one of them guys from the cities area, from the cities. I okay. think all, but I'm not sure. And then here's another one we got from Dino, a listener of the show. He didn't shoot me himself, right? I think he shot me over himself. He shot me over this guy just so I re Dino, I did not forget the Euro 07. I promise. I promise. <laughs> Puka did. I did. Bert, Bert remembered too, but he left that one to me. It's all Puka. But Randy LaJoy, <laughs> Randy LaJoy, um, us race fans, race, us racers, the joy of seating. He had a crash over in Daytona, um, raced some NASCAR stuff, and that crash kind of inspired him coming out and really changing the whole seat market for oval track racing. So Randy LaJoy and we got a pile more and I'm just going to breeze through these quickly. Cause I've had people sending me stuff nonstop. <laughs> Dean whiskey in the super stocks was old seven. Pat, the late Pat Strumble was P seven. And I remember the P seven, a Strumble guys. Remember it went, remember when superior, we went off a of turn one to get, oh, yeah. he went, his throttle stuck. He went through the pit gate, through the fence, and landed in the ditch out on Tower Avenue. He had to drive <laughs> back down the road and pull back in the pit gate to get back in the pits. So that was Pat Strumble. And then several number sevens, Jeff Forcine, local guy, runs up in yeah. heaven. He was one of my favorites back in the six-cylinder Superstock days. Here's one, a blast from the past. See if you remember this one, Dusty Denzel. Dusty Denzel, yes, Iron Minnesota. How about yep. that, Jansen? There's another blast in the past. Yep, bad, bad. Matt Siner in the Super Stocks. He's retired. He's on Facebook all the time. Late model guy. I'm going to give you a clue. Late model guy, number seven, come up to Labor Day, won a bunch of races, 
passed away a couple of years ago from the Eau Claire area, ran Menominee a lot, Tom Stiding. Exciting. Oh, yep. Oh, I was, that was the guy when we, you brought me down to the pits on labor in 89. We walked after they shut it down. Time studying. We ran the MWS trailer. Tom studying's car was right here, right to the right. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and then my favorite driver of all time growing up, the red seven, Ron Jones. He was one of my favorite Labor Day birds. I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard this story probably because I like to tell it once a year anyway, but he was in a super stock. He's leading the Labor Day shootout, right? And all of a sudden his gears break and he stopped. Yellow comes out. He goes in the pits, right? And they big long to do. He gets in Steve Rudiger's car. They tape over the two. He pulls back out and Rudiger's car takes it back to the field. They're like, you can't do that. Like, what are you doing? You can't just hop in another car on a yellow. What are you doing? He pulls back in. <clears throat> By the time he got in because of the quick change, gears were changed, got back in his own car and came from the back. And I think he was right around fifth at the end. But that I'm like, this guy's awesome. And that, so that was pretty cool. It was awesome. And, and the, the last one, guys, Neil Eckert, uh, who just recently lost his life, uh, a racer down in southern Minnesota, ran Supers, Midwest Mods, late models. Um, he actually was one of the first, if not the first, Minnesota Midwest Mod National Champion. And, you know, he passed away just, uh, just recently here. So lots of 107s, 077s. But let's get to it. Let's go to the National. Hey, before, before we yeah. move on. I got a couple of number sevens. Uh, uh, let's hear just, it. Just quickly, uh, former late model driver, Mike Schenicke, um, uh Brian Telke, we've talked about him before in this show, number 99, but he he got his start in late model racing in the early 80s in number seven. Mm -hmm. um, and I would be uh, remiss if I didn't say MJ McBride. He raced number seven uh, earlier in his career. Uh, when he raced USAC in the mid 1970s, he raced the number seven, a Trino. Uh, oh, no so, uh, yeah. Wow. And I went to that. I'll send you a picture of that. And then I have a question for you guys. I don't know if, if you named him already. Um, I don't know the name of who drove this car. I believe it was a number seven, but at the Wasota 100 every year, there's always a number seven. And it was a sponsored by a movie theater. It had cinema all across the side of the car. I don't know who drove it though. <laughs> I know the car. I remember it. I remember I think was he from like Alexandria area or something? I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Damn, yeah, oh man, oh man, oh man. Yeah, I don't Brandon, know that one. Somebody, if, if you remember that car, you're watching the show, you're listening to it, post it in the comments because Bert's on to something. There is so many number sevens. Harry Hansen. Harry Hansen, right? I mean, somebody's going to get pissed at us because we named about half of them, and there's, they're going to be like, you didn't mention me, so we're sorry. We just did this quickly, and there's so many, but there's a lot of number sevens. Fans do this. Post your favorite number seven or 07 or 107 or numbers with a number in it, whatever, in the comments. Post a picture in there. You know, post a favorite story about them because this time of year, we like reminiscing. We like that blast from the past. We enjoy that, so go ahead and do that. Of course, uh, the blast from the past, Puka, brought to you. That's why I'm out here, Impact Health Sharing. I'm telling you guys, business owners are paying way too much. I mean, if you're getting killed on healthcare, hit me up. I might be able to help you. So let's get to it. The national recap brought to you by? Yes, Blue Line Brews. We've talked about Blue Line Brews in the past. We'll coffee with a purpose. Great coffee, too. So if you want free coffee, here's the deal. Um. If you know an officer and 
you know, he's done a great job and you're impressed with him, what you do is go to Blue Line Brews Facebook page. They want you to just put his first name preferably because, you know, last names and, you know, giving out DUIs and stuff, just first name, give a little story, who it is, you know, put it in the comments there and then you'll be automatically entered to do a drawing that they'll do it right after Thanksgiving here and they will send you some, some brews and the officer some brews. So it's a pretty good deal. So it's completely free. Said drawing the day after Thanksgiving, uh, you know, little story about what you're thankful for. You'll see, you, know, you can see what, what's already been put there. So you just kind of follow the example though. So that would be great. Uh, if you'd like to order some brews, just go to the show link, bluelinebrews.com. Uh, we appreciate everything they're, they're doing for us. We appreciate everything the officers are, are doing, you know, for the public. And of course, 10% of the profits go back to families of fallen officers and or injured officers. So uh, like I said, great brews with a really good cause. Yeah, that's a super cool deal. And there's a lot of race, there's a lot of uh, racers and people in the racing community that are in law enforcement. So you never have to wonder this, right? Is the racing community, do they stand behind law enforcement? 100%. So you never have to question that with us. Well, one of our, one of our, our most liked, or no, our most shared pictures on our Facebook page is one, I think you had put it up. Was it the dirt track world championship last year or something? And they, they had that, they, you know, they had that car that was, they had the was blue line on the car. Carpenter? Yeah, they did the blue line on the car, yeah. and then it was you know, standing for the, yeah, standing for the national anthem, and they also had the you know the, the the blue line flag, and and that was one of our most, I think it is the most shared picture we've ever had on our Facebook. So everything Ryan just said is absolutely fact. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So a little bit of racing down south, of course, the Dryden Extreme Series that got underway this past weekend opened up down in South Carolina, though. Lancaster Speedway, the Palmetto, the Palmetto State 50. I didn't even realize there was a name until I was looking it up. But uh, the boss, Ross Bales, parking it in Victory Lane. Um, did you guys get a chance to watch that race at all over at Lancaster? Yeah, I, I, w- I watched that race. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Bales was, was in charge for the entire race. And uh, he seems to run good in these races. Uh, you know, when I was looking on – making my picks i checked the standings from last year and he was up there in the standing so that's kind of why i picked him for this race i was a little disappointed that you did that that, that didn't work <laughs> out very well for me i was trying to go against the grain there it did not work but you know you're right that's the guy he was looking at following the world of outlaws and it just did not start out well for him right and uh because of that he fell off the tour and that's the guy right there i'm telling you he can run with any of those guys i've seen him run extremely strong even when there's more of a stack field. Incidentally, the over and under on that one, I went way under, and uh, you guys were right. I think there was, what, 24-ish cars at that race, so pretty decent field, relatively speaking. And then, of course, on Sunday, they went down to the Cherokee Speedway, Gaffney, South Carolina, the blue-gray 100 down there. And uh, tell us a little bit about that one, guys. Well, you know, of course, Madden wins his sixth, or excuse me, seventh Blue Gray 100. I mean, that was pretty impressive. Uh, you know, kind of a battle of attrition, and that's something we all need to keep in mind. Any of you who are doing that dirt draft, something you need to keep kind of in mind, too. Is I mean, you know, we've seen a few races there with the Golf Memorial. I don't remember tires being such a factor. Do you? I do. I do. Well, I've seen do. that place. It gets pretty abrasive, especially it was a 100-lap race, right? So yeah, I mean, this uh, one was uh, honor lap, right? For ten grand, which is another thing we've talked about in the past. You know what? What was the one in Texas? Forty laps for fifty grand. This one was <laughs> hundred laps for ten grand. <laughs> this stuff's all over the map. It is. It is. It's crazy. I mean, 
to run that long of a race, a hundred lap race for a 10 grand. I don't know. What's you guys just thought on that? I was a little taken back by that, to be honest with you. Me well, too. I mean, I, I just want to say, you know, it was also, they also raced during the day. So, I mean, you know, the track got hard, you know, <laughs> after all that racing with the sun beating down, but yeah, I mean, $10,000, a hundred laps that, that is a little ridiculous. Um, and I was reading that, uh, actually the first, the first blue gray paid 12,000 to win and now it's paying 10,000 to win. So the huh? to win has actually gone down since it originally started. Well, if nothing else, at least the cost is about 10 times more, not big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so the cost goes way up and the first goes down. That's not a good thing. Um, you know, and, and I get it. That's the, I mean, they do a lot of races, you know, they have a lot of shows down there and they, they tried that one, of course, right before the dirt or right before the uh, world finals that paid a little bit less, but had way less cars. They had a pretty decent car cone at this one. I was surprised that Madden, I mean, you guys all picked them, everybody, but me evidently, because I picked Overton who woulda, shoulda, coulda, he was there, but Madden, Madden literally went winless in June july august september and october five months without a win and now he's got back-to-back -back weeks with wins i we were just talking a month ago is he gonna win anymore by the end of the right. year and, and i think one of you guys mentioned well he runs good in that ex, you know that southern series when it starts and you know it's been he's been right on task down there back-to-back -back wins where was the last one now what did he win last week he won uh he won the peach state yeah, right. that's, yeah, that, that was a big one. That 50, yeah. 52,000, 52, whatever. 52,000, yeah. I did, what, surprised, what surprised me at Lancaster was, and I don't know if they have throwout shows, so Mads, you're, you're defending champion of the Dry Dean Extreme Winter Dirt Car Series. He's not there. And Strickler, third in points in 19, second in points at 20. He didn't show up to Lancaster. Do you know if they have throwout points, or are they just oh. not trying to win this thing? We'll have to put some research into that deal, you know, and that, that doesn't bode well for the overall series. You know, if a couple of the top contenders, you know, maybe, maybe that leaves it right in the hands of Ross Bales. He's got to be the heavy favorite, you know, to win that deal now. So, and, and that would be good, right? I mean, Madden's won a bunch of stuff. It'd be good to see Ross Bales, somebody different, be in contention, but there's still quite a bit of racing left. That, of course, goes after the first of the year. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, let me ask you this. Did you guys, did you guys think that Madden, I mean, are you surprised that he all of a sudden found a couple of wins here after such a, hor I don't want to call it horrible, but winless, basically a whole winless summer. And then all of a sudden he gets hot, like right towards the end of the year. Does that surprise you at all? Winning the blue gray doesn't surprise me since he's won it so many times in the past. And, um, you, you know, the competition wasn't necessarily uh, as stiff as as other races, but it was a, the race at the 52,000 race at Sonoya where they had over 60 cars. That one surprised me, Con you know, considering he hadn't won for so many months and then he wins a 52,000 race against 60 other competitors. That was a, that was a surprising one to me. Oh, yeah, right. you, talk about, oh, you talk so much about confidence, you know, and, and just maybe he was. With a little more confidence, maybe, I mean, because the last time he won in the summer was in May, I believe, in like Pennsylvania somewhere. And it was a back-to-back. -back, oh, no, it was, it was actually at Port Royal. It was in Port Royal. So 
you know, end of May, maybe it was like Memorial weekend or something like that, but yeah, you know, I mean, maybe with a little confidence, he would have what would have won some more, you know? Um, but of course tracks are a little bit different in July than they are in November. You know, they're pretty tacky in November, pretty dry in July. Well, another thing to talk about there, you know, with Madden is that clay that surface down in that area, that neck of the woods is totally different than it is through the Midwest of the central part of the country. And you notice he runs extremely well at home. He runs good, pretty good everywhere, but on his home turf on that type of surface, he seems to really come out. He seems to really shine. So I think he's going to be lobbying for the world of outlaws to have more shows down in the Southeast in 2022. Um, Cause uh, I tell you, he's tough to beat down there. Speaking of the Southeast, let's go a little further South um, down to the King of the Sandbox down at Southern Raceway, Milton, Florida. They had the double header down there. Of course, the joiner crew hunt the front team, put that on a little bit disappointed got to be honest car counts 15 night one 17 night two i think it was what was it 10 grand to win the first night or maybe five five grand to win the first night five, five yeah Twenty thousand to win guys 17 cars for 20 grand and kind of disappointing you know uh of course ashton winger one night one over 10 night two will this happen again will this show happen again well i, I thought a lot about that like i said you look at the car count down but you look at the grandstands up i mean that you know the grandstands look good now you don't know if the fans left satisfied or if the fans left disappointed i think if they're gonna do it next year and we talked about this last week where you know earnhardt getting paid to show up moyer getting paid to show up people they probably need to spend a little money to make sure maybe like a jd who's a georgia guy you know right there just just north of florida shows up you know because if, if you've got winger and you've got overton even joiner who might not necessarily be in for the win, but he's a star, at least a social media star. Uh, you know, you get JD in there, then, then maybe the fans are are, are satisfied. Um, you know, kind of hard to tell. And just one of the stats I did, I mean, maybe you guys saw that 36 late models in Missouri for the 5K Turkey Bowl, uh, where our local guy, Justin Zeitner, ended up with the third, a heat win in the third place finish, but 36 cars for five grand, 17 cars for 20 grand. You know, they just they don't run late models down there weekly, right? So they don't have a, a local really group. They they every once in a while they have a show. Um, you know, is it? Do you think that time of the year people are like, you know what? I'm a little bit burnt out. I mean, you look at JD, right? I mean, he's in Georgia. He's down there. I think he. I think his car stays in Tennessee. I think or, or right there, kind of in that area. Maybe it's in Georgia, but it's right by Chattanooga, I believe. And I, I kind of figured to see him this weekend. I was surprised not to see him, right? So, you know, and then Devin Moran, you know, some of these people that I'm kind of thinking, maybe they'd show up there. Maybe a Ricky Weiss, maybe a Hudson O'Neill, right? Maybe some of these guys. And I was kind of surprised. So do you think that maybe maybe there's so much going on that it's at the end of the year and they're like, you know what? Uh, we're, you know, we're done. You know, we're done. We'll get ready for the dome. You know, there's not a lot of racing coming up here is is there getting to be too much uh yeah i mean i would agree with that i mean there really isn't an off season anymore i mean if you wanted to you could race 12 months out of the year if you're willing to travel uh, i think the show down in florida um is proof though that you can't just throw money up there and and expect drivers to show up i mean a lot depends on location, 
you know, where the track is located in conjunction to where the drivers are from. Um, and I mean, actually I was looking at JD's schedule. He's not racing this weekend either. Cause he, you know, he's getting ready for the dome and with so, and we'll talk about this later in the show because, because next year there's going to be even more races paying a lot of money. So, you know, drivers are going to be able to really pick and choose what races they want to go to. Yeah, they absolutely are. You know, you look at that, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. We'll get into that in just a couple minutes here, but uh, the track was, I'm telling you, it was pretty cowboy up. Yeah. I don't know if they got some weather. I didn't even notice if they got weather, but I mean, Southern Raceway is up in the panhandle. So, you know, I was thinking maybe you'd get more Mississippi cars, Louisiana, because it's not that far. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully it works out. Hopefully the track, hopefully the whole deal was successful financially. Remember, the cars are an expense, right? The fans are what kind of feeds the bills. So hopefully for them, it was a profitable event. Hats off to the Hunter Front crew for putting something on, right, to try something. And, and I guess they try and maybe they learn from it. Hopefully they do it again because, you know, it's kind of a neat place to go to something different. So, But I, I looked at that track, too, and I was like, this Seems like a kind of a narrow, rough, and, you know, and, and Overton had an interview, and he said, you know, I wasn't so sure because I heard about the place. He made some comments. Uh, he said, but it's not too bad we practice. And once it slicks up, but once it slicks off, you know, he didn't say comment about the rough. So, you know, the track itself, it reminded me a little bit of Proctor in the early 90s. Proctor was kind of narrow and pretty rough, you know. Right. And so, you know, I, from what Overton said, it sounds like the place has a bit of a reputation, too. It does. That's why they call it the sandbox, right? Yeah, right. Kind of, it's kind of like the old Grand Rapids Speedway when it was just a sand pit. And you couldn't yeah. get that place. I'm telling you, I raced there. It is like one of the most slippery surfaces I've ever been on. Even when it was choppy, there was not much grip. It was like you're driving on gravel. So, I mean, it was a totally different racing surface, a weird material down there, but uh, maybe a little bit of a challenge. And over Tim, he wasn't challenged at all. He just flat out killed him and I think uh, I think Bert might have picked. Did you pick Overton for that one, Bert? I uh, know I did not. Oh, you did not pick him. Well, that's too bad because you got two right already. <laughs> so we'll talk about that shortly. A little disappointed with that. So 2022, guys, is going to be incredible, right? If you're a Dirt Late Model fan, I mean, it's like the Christmas wish list for Dirt Late Model fans. I mean, there is so much racing. You know, they just announced – the Castro Flow Racing Night in America series enhanced. Everything's 2200. What is it? 2202, right? Uh, or something. Is that, is that what it is? 2202 or? 20,000. Yeah. 22,000. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 202. Yeah. So looking at that, they enhanced all the purses. Isn't it $30,000 to win the points for that deal? Points. And, and they put the Illinois Speed Weeks together. They did that. They, they actually put that together. And then you have, you know, of course, Race XR, Barry Braun with Race XR Plus. He put together a super series that's unbelievable. I haven't seen the full breakdown, but we're talking 25,000 to win minimum at all these shows with multiple shows of 50 grand to win. I heard rumors, guys. It's just a rumor at this point, but I was told that Ricky Weiss is looking at following all of those shows. Okay. So that means that he's probably going to fall off that World of Outlaw Tour. And that's kind of what the rumor has. We've heard that. And he might be following that whole XR. I mean, why wouldn't he? There's a lot of money on the line. And then, let's face it, the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series, 
they're making a statement. Just looking at this, looking at this right here, there's three shows around 20 grand to win, two at 30, seven shows at 50,000 to win, one at 75,000, and one at 100 grand. Now let's compare that with the world of outlaws who has two at 50, three at 30, seven around 20, 25 in there, and everything else 10 or under. The world of outlaws is falling way behind. I mean, it's like they're in trouble. They they already were lacking car count, right? They're lacking following. And now when you look at their payouts as compared to everybody else, it's like they're playing checkers and all these other te- all these other shows are playing chess. I mean, it's not even close. And then you add in the big announcement. We kind of heard about it. We mentioned it a little bit last week on the show. Then you have, you know, there's non-sanctioned stuff, right? Eldora officially announcing the Dirt Million during the Dream Week. So you look at all this stuff, right? What is, I mean, what's your thoughts? What sticks out to you guys about all this weight model? And then you add in, of course, you got the Hell Tour, the Lucas Oil MLRA Tour, right? You got the Comp Cams Tour. You got all this stuff. There's a surplus of dirt late model racing. Initially, before we get into got a couple fan questions here, what sticks out to you with all these big money shows coming for 2022? Want me to go? You go, you go, go. ahead. Okay. okay. I, I, I've got three, I've got three points. Okay, basically. So, and I've said this for a long time, and I think maybe this is, I've said for a long time. I see dirt late model racing going to these 50,000 to win weekends, at least 50, three-day weekends. If you want a date, get the date because I really think I don't know if it's going to end up being one series at one time or if it's going to be three series, it's going to be two series. But I kind of think that's the way we're going. Dirt late model racing is on a great incline. Things are looking good. One thing I hope from from some of this big money is I hope it can attract some major sponsors, your Pepsi's, your Budweiser's, you know, because you walk is if you're going to get those kind of people, you're walking into a boardroom, right? You know, you're not calling someone say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, you you know, if you're going to get tied like there used to be a big nascar sponsor you know that's procter and gamble you're going to walk into a boardroom and you start saying 50,000 oh and a hundred thousand race here in a 70 you know that in a million dollar race all of a sudden in the boardroom like boy what is this what is this sport i never even heard of it million dollars hundred thousand dollars you know this kind of stuff so maybe it'll track stuff and and thirdly i'm just so disappointed and it just makes me sick that our wazota guys i mean there's all this money and they just like don't stand a chance. They it's not even a consideration. I mean, of course, unless they ante up and get the you know because we've got talented drivers, and it just makes me sick to my stomach that our local guys who have a lot of talent are just like almost for, unless like I said unless they want to come up with the investment are basically shut out of this thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and guys, I actually talked to Jeffrey Massengill, right? So, and he asked me this question. He goes. You look at all across the country, right? All these different series, the Mars, even the Mars series, they're all five grand or better to win, right? You look at all these series. Why is the whole Wissota region, why aren't they Why aren't they raising the stakes, right? Why aren't they five grand to win? Why aren't they 10 grand to win? You know, there's a handful of shows, but why is the pace so bad? Even if you look at, you know, reg- like regional kind of weekly racing, they pay way better than the whole Wissota area. Right. And he's like, why is that? And I'll be honest with you. I, this is what I told him. I said, because in the Wasota region, even when they have a big 10 grand to win show, you'd think that you'd have more cars coming from all areas to support that show. And when these tracks put on a 10 grand to win show, like Huron, right? Or over at Huron, they, what they have, I don't think they even had 30. 
right, for 10 grand to win during that challenge series swing. Well, I said, where are the guys from North Dakota? And then, of course, they had a deal at I-94 against them, but nobody's traveling to these shows. So why on earth, if a track is going to get the same amount of cars for 2000 is they're going to get for 10000 why would they pay more? So Jeffrey Massengill is one of the drivers that has absolutely supported these big paying shows. He goes. He's there. He shows up to these races. Does he win them all? No. AJ Demo wins them all. Um, but the fact <laughs> is, you know, you got to support them, right? And, and if more drive, I, I'm so tired of hearing late model drivers complain like they don't pay enough. They don't pay enough. They don't pay enough, right? And then they have a show that pays good money and they're like, well, I ain't going. Well, don't like, what are you talking about? You saving your car for that 800? What are you talking about, right? So they got to. That's all the NLRA group, they've done a hell of a job. They don't pay huge money, right? I think I don't even know what it is to win. 1200 1500 <clears throat> something like that to win, but they pay deep and they have a huge following. They support that series. Now, them guys typically don't leave that series, right? You know, they have a 10,000 win race down the road and they don't leave it, but they support it. But the fact is, if you want more big money races, you got to get more drivers to buy into that or there's no reason for tracks to do it. They're just going to lose money. It's going to be a bad deal. And with that said, there's a little rumor going on. I did not get this from Jeffrey. I, I tried to get it out of him, but rumor has it. He's got some open motors coming and his primary focus in 2022 is going to be running open late model stuff and, and really trying to maybe travel a little bit with Ricky, uh, Ricky Weiss and, Sounds like he's kind of going to be chasing some of that big, big money over the country. And tell you what, uh, that you'll learn a lot. You're going to be racing against some really good drivers. So that's kind of my thoughts there. But what's your thoughts? I mean, you guys as fans, you know, you ever kind of wonder like all this money going around, but there's no money to be had really, you know, for the local guys. What's your thoughts there? Uh, well, first I want, regarding all the, high paying shows and all the different series. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of money being thrown around this summer. Um, and my fee my question is, can late model racing support that? I mean, do the fans have enough disposable income to attend all these races uh, to make it profitable for the promoters? I mean, and my other fear is, are promoters going to, to help pay for these purses? What's going to happen to ticket prices? I mean, hopefully they're, I mean, we kind of had that. I don't, I don't remember what race it was last year, but it was, they, they really, the ticket prices were really expensive for, was it the Pittsburgher? I think so. I think so. Oh yeah. 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 Ryan, you dug that out. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, you know, that, I mean, that's my, that's my concern. I mean, I, I hope, I hope that it all works out. I mean, cause, um, it's unbelievable <laughs> the schedules that are being thrown out there for next year. Uh, as far as big pain racing for local drivers, one thing to remember too is, uh, you know, a lot of the local drivers, they have full-time jobs. So, you know, they can't necessarily get, a, you know, get away, uh, to go to some of these farther away shows, um, you know, they have to kind of pick and choose uh, when to use up their vacation days. And uh, if they have family, they should probably save some of their vacation days to spend with their family too. So, um, so you know, you have to take that into consideration. They don't raise full time. So um, 
that's what an issue. What do you issue. mean? Going to an invitational is a family vacation. What are you, what are you talking about? That's the way it works. Well, I mean, but, well, you're correct, but when there's 18 invitationals a year. <laughs> True. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. I mean, you know, I'm getting back to the, the big shows, you know, maybe it's the streaming revenue. You know, like I said, we're, we don't quite know how that, like, especially Barry Brown, the XR series, you know, how is it all working it, like I said, that almost seems so too good to be true. I hope it's not a flash in the pan. Maybe streaming makes a difference. And, you, you know, getting back to the Wazoda, I guess if you're a promoter, if you can get away with it, get away with it. You could pay $3,000. Let's say if you're expecting 25, 35, 35 cars or, you know, or 25, 30, 35, whatever, you can get away with it, get away with it. The other problem I see with Zoda versus these other big shows is time traveling. You know, when you, when you can time travel, you're kind of putting your fit at your own hands a little bit. The double heats, I don't think the racers like as much. Of course, the fans do, but at least I guess you get a couple of shots at it. But, you know, when you can time trial and say, well, geez, you know, if I could go from Ashland, Wisconsin to here on South Dakota and I can kind of put things in my own hands versus just a pill draw. Yeah, you get passing points, but whatever you end up with, A.J. Demo and Mars and Glenn's and Becker and McDonald in your heat. Well, then passing points kind of become a little bit irrelevant because that's one thing time trials do is it spreads out the talent a little bit into different heat races, you know? So, you know, that's what I have to say. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah. I think that if you're a top tier guy, I think you're absolutely right. If you're a mid pack guy, you're like, I want to have a draw, right? Because at least if I, if I start ahead of them, maybe I can hold these guys off. Um, I don't know if that's a big factor. I think Bert's onto something. A lot of them are, you know, lower budget part-time, you know, they, they don't race for a career, you know, and then they start looking across the board, you know, the bigger shows, even even the bigger shows, let's call the Challenge Series a so-called bigger show, it's only two dollars $300 start to feature all the way up to, like, 12th place. You know, so, I mean, it, it costs you more in fuel to drive to some of these races than you're even getting for 15th place. You know, so they got to pay deep. It's got to be – they got to do the Tom Nesbitt deal where it's great to win, right, but you got to have 5th, 10th, and they got to look at what does it cost me to get there and participate in this event. And uh, so they kind of kind of work from the bottom up in these deals. And let's talk about that. Let's, let's move on to that because a fan question of the week brought to you by a cowboy up racing from rich what's better. Okay. Let's, let's talk about this building from the bottom up. They just announced the, the dirt million take two at Eldora. Okay. So let's, let's be honest racing for a million is cool, right? It's just the way it is, but what's, what's better. Is it better to have a million to win? And I think it's five grand to start the feature, or would it be better to have it five hundred thousand to win, and have it twenty five grand to start the feature? What What do you think? Well, I mean, for the racers, yes, it would probably be better if it's you know five hundred thousand to win, and you know pays better throughout the uh, entire field. But uh, you know, I brought this up last week. Uh, 500,000 to win is not as flashy of a headline as a million to win. And, uh, you know, I, I think everybody's fixated on this million to win. And, and since a million dollar race was done in the past, you know, they kind of want to re relive that. Um, but yeah, if you wanted to get more money, if you wanted to get mo more money in more of the driver's hands, um, 500,000 to win and spread out would be better for them. Now this, yeah, this sounds like a would you rather, right? I kind of like an audience. Please comment <laughs> on this. As a fan, I think I would rather the 500 and the 25,000 to start. I think that'd be, be fantastic. But what is the goal as the promoter? 
again, are you trying to attract that major sponsor? Like I said, you go and you say, look, Goodyear Tire, whatever. I guess they're all in Hoosier, so Goodyear's a bad example, but whatever. You know, Budweiser, Bush Light, Bush Light, all right, Bush Light, hey, we have a million dollars. I mean, that means something like a million dollars, you know, like, like what is going on here? And then even the TV deal. So this is going to be the million dollars, of course, going to be at Eldora. Stewart's already tied in with CBS Sports because that's who's broadcasting that SRX series. So is he thinking possibly with this million dollar, I can go to CBS Sports and say, because what people have to remember is like prize fighters, like back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, you know, they didn't get beat up any less than Mike Tyson beat up anybody or Evander Holyfield or now, you know, the, uh, what's the, uh, the ultimate fighting, you know, that kind of stuff. They all got beat up just as much, but you only got paid by who was in the arena. But Mike Tyson to get paid who's on the arena, he got paid for everyone around the world that was watching on pay-per-view. So when you get into this TV stuff, it just opens up this huge audience and then the promoter and then in turn the competitors can get a, you know, a small slice of $10 million, a lot more money than a big slice of 5,000 fans. Yeah, it's it, really interesting. You know, Bert touched on it, you know, with the streaming platforms, are fans going to have enough disposable income to support all these shows? A million to win, let's be honest. As a fan, I mean, it automatically gets your attention. You hear a million to win, you're like, wait, what? You know, like, that that's unheard of. That's, so that's just the cool factor. I think I think they'll get the same amount of cars. I don't think many people are looking at that going, well, it needs to be more to start. Dude, it's a million to win. Like, 20 years from now, you'd be able to say, I was at the million to win race at Eldora. They ain't going to have a problem getting cars. Now, I have a question on the streaming stuff, though, right? Because you see all these races. And I know how Dirt Vision works with the World of Outlaws. I don't know how all of them works, but Dirt Vision, when you schedule a World of Outlaw race, you have to let Dirt Vision film it, and the track gets zero dollars of that. Zero, okay? Now, it's not the same with all of them. Now, of course, the XR series, Barry promotes that. So the streaming platform, of course, he gets some money because it's his series. So it kind of works together. Probably the same with the Castro Flow Racing Night in America. Probably very similar there, I would think. You know, but then you start looking at some of these deals. I believe Flow Racing will be at Eldora. I think that's who's typically at Eldora. I'm sure they have some kind of a contract. I don't know how much of that they get. I don't know if they get a percentage. Um, I'm not really sure. But when you start looking at them, right? So these are subscription-based platforms, and people already have the subscriptions. Is it going to hurt? Maybe not the million. That place will be packed. Okay, it's going to be packed at the million. But you look at a lot of these XR races. You look at a lot of these World of Outlaw events, Lucas Oil events, and all that. Are their fan bases going to hurt because they're like, eh, you know, it's 95 degrees out today. I'm just going to sit at home and watch it you know, air conditioning, or it's cold, it's windy, it's kind of crappy, and I'm not going to drive an hour, I'll just watch it online. Is is this actually, you know, how is that going to play in the hand with all these big paying shows? Because in order to put them on, they either have to be A, independently wealthy and not really give a crap about kicking out 50 grand or 100 grand to win and then throwing that money away if they lose it, or B, they need to have some big sponsors, but let's face it, these purses are huge. They need to have big sponsors to cover it or see are they going to be going man i hope we break even on this deal i was looking at the numbers puka when we were doing when we were going to do a world of outlaw show in rapids and it was going to require a pretty darn big crowd just to break even not even to make any money so it's kind of interesting how do, what do you think that uh, the streaming platforms are doing as far as that goes well i'll start with eldora uh 
and then Bert, I'll let you go. But Eldora is just unique because I've been to, I've been to Eldora, and it's it's literally in the middle of nowhere. So Eldora is people are getting the tickets now. I mean, it's a commitment. You're either going to camp, or you're going to get a hotel. You know, it's it's a destination point. Let's put it that way. It's a it's a destination point. Now, yeah, I mean, a twenty thousand to win, which was a great show like last weekend at the Sandbox. You know, maybe you're just going to stream it because, you know, like I said. You know, Eldora, like I said, it's just more of a commitment to get there because you're just, you know, it, they're not, they're not typically getting or, or very few just, well, I, you know, I'm going to go to the races because the weather's perfect. You know, there's just not that many people to draw from there, so to speak. Um, but Bert, I'll let you take it from there on kind of what your thoughts are. Um, well, I mean, with the streaming, you're probably going to lose some people who won't attend because they'll just stream it. Uh, but with the streaming it allows the people who are unable to go to watch it i mean like um last fall i mean normally i go to the world 100 every year but this year i couldn't go but i mean i was well actually i had covid at the time so i couldn't go anywhere but you know i was sitting in front of the tv watching you know all all four nights of racing um but one thing we need to be a little bit concerned Part of the popularity of, of dirt late model racing right now is there is some limited access to, you know, you have to go to the races if you want to see it and see, that's the way it used to be with NASCAR or, and if you watched it on TV with NASCAR, it was tape delayed. When NASCAR really, really took off, that's when cable and, came along and all the races were televised live and we're kind of headed in that direction with dirt late model so we're we're on that ups upswing like we were with nascar dirt late model racing has to figure out how to stay on that upswing and not do the decline like nascar did well and i would say that nascar right because they were so involved they were smart enough to negotiate these tv deals to turn that into revenue right and when you look at, for example, a World of Outlaws show, the track's not getting any revenue. They're not getting nothing. So, like, if all these people are watching online a World of Outlaw race instead of going, the tracks are not able to monetize that. And actually, it's going to hurt them. And they're going to be like, you know, if we're not making any money. We're not doing this anymore. So they got to figure out a way to make that where they can monetize that on the track level. And it'll help them eliminate some of that risk instead of just the streaming platforms. And I know... I don't know how they all work. I don't. I know how Dirt Vision works, but I don't know how the other ones work. But I do know that if, if the tracks aren't getting anything out of it, that's not a good deal. The tracks need to be getting something out of it. I know Dirt Race Central on the local level up here, the tracks get a third of that all the time, right? So they get something out of it. Now, that's not even the same conversation because that's local racing. We're talking 100, 150, couple hundred people watching. We're not talking a couple thousand people watching. It's a totally different deal. But uh, I think they need to find it for that to work and continue to grow and stay growing. They got to find a way to help that monetize on the track level. Well, and one thing to consider too, and we've talked about this with Barry and maybe this is what Eldora is going to do. Remember with Dirt Vision, Knoxville Nationals, USA Nationals, you pay extra. You know, it's not part of your normal package. Maybe Barry's looking at something like that for next year. Yeah, your normal package, you watch this on tape delay, but for live, you're going to pay 50 bucks tonight, you know, or, or the million might be the same thing. Flow might, we just don't know it yet. I mean, Flow might right. tell us in about March that, Hey, 
It's a hundred bucks to watch the million. It's not part of your re regular subscription. So, you know, that's something that might be in the works too. Yeah, I guess time will tell that you're very right. So Jeff actually sent us a question too, in regards to all this with the late models. And he said, you know, with Lucas bumping payouts, XR series, on the new, the newly revealed Flow Night series, a Hell Tour, and he says, "I'll add the Wu Tour, even though he agrees with us. I'm not sure they they need to step up their game. Will the Overton and Pierce approach to money to big money racing in 2021 become a bigger trend for other drivers in 2022? Okay, how will that affect drivers getting into the season? Example, you know, Pierce missed the, the North South, right?" Um, due to hell tour points and Davenport had, remember he decided to go to, um, he, he skipped Texas, right? He skipped Texas. Yeah. yeah. He skipped to Texas Knoxville. and went to Knoxville and that didn't go very good for him. But you start looking at that. Are you going to see more of that? Are you going to see more of these drivers in the top tier guys, right? When I say top tier, you're, you're B chefs, you're, you're Davenport, you're over 10. You're, I mean, we'll throw Josh Richards and Jimmy Owens. I mean, Basically, you look at the top-level guys in each series. You know, T-Mac is a prime example, right? You know, are these guys here going to follow a series, or are they going to just decide, you know, there's, there's so much here. Why, you know, what's your thoughts? What's going to happen there? Uh, go ahead, Bourbon. You start. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if uh, several drivers decide to – not follow a series and race at these bigger shows. Um, I mean, do you want to race at a 10,000 win show, you know, in a series, or are you going to try to go for, you know, 22,000 a win at all these other shows or 50,000? Uh, I think driver, some drivers will pick and choose a little bit more uh, because they can't race them all. Uh, I mean, there, there are some conflicts in, in the schedule, but even without conflicts, unless you have, a whole slew of cars and a whole slew of motors, your equipment can't race that many races in a season. Yeah. Let, let alone your haulers. They need some, need some maintenance too. <laughs> I actually, I'm actually going to kind of take the other, you know, I, I just, it sounds like, of course, another, would you rather here? So fans, uh, you know, would you rather series or non-series? So please comment here, fans. I, I really think there might only be one or two guys. Cause I think the series you know, getting back to what Ryan said earlier, the Wu kind of slacking and Lucas putting a big schedule together. You know, there were rumors all summer that Wu was on the demise. And I think Lucas really thought, okay, we're going to pounce. We're going to finally, because Schwally, Rick Schwally, who promotes the Lucas series, he's he said many, many times, all interviews, he wants one series. So I think they really were going to try and pounce and finally, you know, put to rest the world of all odds. Well, then, of course, XR shows up and now the Flow Racing series got more popular. But I really think these series are going to, and alludes to what we talked about last week with Mark Richards, increase the gas money, you know, the travel money, pay deeper. We've already seen increases in both the Wu and the Lucas point series. So I, 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 I think there's only getting like Ricky Weiss, you know, it's pretty much, it, well, it's been confirmed that he is leaving the world of all, uh, late models. That was, they talked about that a little bit in, at Charlotte, but you know, I, I think maybe one, two, three guys are all you're going to see. I, I, Cause I just think these, you know, even world of outlaws, as much as they might be on the mat, driver wise talent wise the crowd seem to be good and let's face it they're established they kind of have deep pockets they've got sponsors because you know the world racing group it's it, it is the hell tour money coming it is the world of outlaw sprint cars coming in so they they've got some staying power 
I think they're going to find a way to survive through this thing. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I, I am skeptical, right? I am skeptical. Like, I, if I were a betting man, I, I'd say the days are numbered for the world of outlaws. I just don't see it sustaining. You, I mean, their schedule, comparatively speaking, is kind of a joke. When you compare it to what they announced their schedule and then Lucas Oil came out and said, hold my beer. I, I got <laughs> something for you. And it's like, I, if I was, you know, if I was Casey Schumann, if I was the people with the World of Outlaw Late Model Series, I'd be going, oh, my God, what just happened, right? Because they were already struggling to get cars, right? So now you talk about, of course, Ricky Weiss, right? He's gone. But why would Brandon Shepard race that series? Why? 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 They have, they have two big shows, two, right? So, I mean, you could still go to the USA Nationals and the Prairie Dirt Classic. But if I was, if, if, if you're a top tier guy, you know, like him, Chris Madden, you know, your top, say your top three, a really good group in the world of all us, it makes no sense to follow that series. They got way more big paying shows if you're going to follow a series in the Lucas Oil than they do in the world of all us. Now, no disrespect when I say this to these guys, but you take guys like Boom Briggs, Brent Larson, right? That caliber to where, you know, they're trying to find their way in these series is, and, and let's face it at this given time, they're not going to go win hundred grand to win shows. They're going to win. They're just not there. I mean, knock on wood for them. Hopefully maybe they can find a way to get one done, but they haven't won the 10 grand to win shows. I would say that you're going to see that caliber of driver, right? Probably following the series. But if you're a guy like Davenport over 10 T-Mac, you know, if you're going to follow a series, it almost has to be Lucas, right? Because there's so many more big paying shows. I don't understand for the life of me why somebody would follow the world of outlaws in 2022 with, when you look, when you put the schedules together, it makes no sense to do that. Like, I really, I really don't get it. So I'm, I'm pretty skeptical. I, I can see some top tier guys maybe bouncing around, but I, I'm going to be really, really interested to see who decides to follow the world of outlaws in 2022. Um, Bert, what's your thoughts? Um, I agree with you. Um, and another thing to consider is, uh, yes, if you follow a series, you know, you get the provisional. So, I mean, that that's one of the main things for, for following the series. But, I mean, look, look at Ashton Winger. I mean, he was rookie of the year with the world of outlaws in 2020, I believe. And, uh, but he didn't follow the series this year. He raced the hell tour. And I think he's a much better driver this year because he's raced at all these different tracks uh, against different competition, where if you're following that series, yeah, you're racing at different tracks, but you're racing against the same drivers uh, every, every race, pretty much. Plus the local, the regional and local drivers from whatever track you're racing at. Uh, but I think as a driver, if you're a young driver looking to learn, I think racing different races is more beneficial for your learning curve. You just lose the guarantee of, of the provisional. Which is a big deal. You better have right. some deep pockets <laughs> if you're going that route. I mean, right. you know, and plus you start looking at some of these guys, right? I mean, l let's just be honest, right? And Brent Larson's a local guy. I'd love to see him run at a higher level. I mean, he's one of our guys. I, we'd love to see him do better but he just hasn't shown that. Like I'm looking at it going, would Brent Larson be better off saying, you know what? I'm not following the world of outlaws. I'm going to do the hell tour this year. Right. Or, or I'll follow Lucas oil MLRA or something more regional 
you know, would it make more sense? I don't know what his financial backing situation looks like, but, you know, I can't imagine it's as good as Davenport's, right? I, I don't think he has that much money behind him. You know, so can you see, I mean, exactly what Ross Bales did. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on more regional stuff. Are some of them guys going to do that? So it's uh, the silly season is here, you know, and a lot of it depends on how it starts out down in Florida, right? How, how speed weeks goes. And sometimes that kind of determines where they're going to go from there. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. I'm absolutely, as a fan, right? And we all have streaming platforms. I'm pretty jacked, right? I'm pretty jacked for 2022 because there's not going to be a shortage of racing. There's going to be a lot of stuff that we can watch and a lot of entertaining racing, a lot of big money on the line. So for us as a fan, I think it's going to be a pretty cool deal. Well, except for Flo, they just rain on all the time. But yeah, all the other series should be good. <laughs> well, Lucas Oil does too. They had a pile of rain on too. Yeah. So let's talk about yeah, they got fuel shortage out too. They did. They did. Yeah. <laughs> so our picks from last week. Uh, well, we don't need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> so Bert and Jeff both had Bales and Madden at the Driving Extreme Dirt Series races. They both got two. Puka had Overton. Night two of the King of the Sandbox, Madden at the Blue Gray. So you each got two points. I had the Vikings over the Packers. <laughs> I get five points. Therefore, I'm at 40 or 30. I'm at 38. Bert's at 35. Are, Bert, are you boycotting? Lead of the year now, too. Bert, are you boycotting this or? or uh, I, I'm just sitting here listening to you. Okay, so then, so I, my Vikings pick over the Packers counts for five. So I'm at 38, Burt's at 35. Okay, I, I guess we can't do that. All right, I'll bite the bullet. Our own Burt Lehman has taken the lead, his biggest lead of the year. You're up by two. And then Puka, he pulled a bullshit move. Did you see that shit that he did? We got two races. I pick and Bert picks the same picks as I do, so I can't even catch them. I'm like, what the hell is that? That's just strategy. Unbelievable. I'm late thinking about this. Jesus. So for now on, I'm letting Bert pick first. Jeff's at 24. You're up to 19. So this week, we're picking uh, Friday and Saturday. Heats one night features the next. They got the Gobbler, 21,000 to win over in Cochran, Georgia. Um, and we're picking the leftover. Of course, uh, we're talking turkey stuff. It's turkey week, right? At, at the 411 in Seymour, Tennessee, five grand to win. I picked, uh, I know Bert and I, right? Of course, we both picked Overton and Jimmy Owens. Puka, who did you pick? Which one? For uh, both? Yeah, for both. Both. I picked uh, Marlar at the Gobbler. And. No, no, Marlar at the oh. leftover. I think I picked JD at the Gobbler. Okay. But now somebody okay. just said he's not racing. That's a good pick for you then. I forgot. <laughs> I didn't write it down. I'm traveling right now. I'm in North Dakota. So, Jeff, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll put your picks up on the board here so people can see. But let's do this. Our sure bet of the week, right? Brought to you, of course, by Jay Schmidt Real Estate over in Watertown, South Dakota, in business for over 20 years. Four racers, by racers racing family out there, three generations in the Schmidt family. The guy's been in business for a long time. Whether it's commercial, residential, land, it don't matter. The sure bet of the week, if you need real estate taken care of in South Dakota, get a hold of Jay Schmidt. So, guys, who's your lock of the week? 
My lock of the week is that I will still be leading the point standings after this weekend of racing. Woo -wee. <laughs> Woo -wee. All right. Shots fired. I will Good say uh, Overton winning the gobbler. Okay. I've got, like I said, Marlar been hot, got that Longhorn a little bit. You know, it was Longhorn. They went rocking. They went back to Longhorn. Been running really well since Knoxville. I got Marlar at 411. Man, I, I, my lock of the week is like I'm starting to suck high and bit here in the, <laughs> in the picks. So I, I'm not really sure. I got I got Overton and Owens. Uh, I, heck, I don't even know if either one of them are going to be there. But, uh, I, man, I, I really don't know. I'm just going to – I'm going to go the lock of the week that I'm going to be really, really full after Thanksgiving dinner, and I'll probably <laughs> sleep. But I feel like Jimmy Owens has a win coming, right? I'm just going to – I just have that feeling. You know, he's, he's, you know, kind of been a little quicker at the end of the year. I, I think the lock of the week for me is Jimmy Owens getting it done over at well, the 4-1-1. He won this race last year, so that was that was the reason I picked him for this week. No, you picked him because I picked him. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that said, let's get to the last lap, guys. Brought to you by Zuli's Race Engines. Of course, Frank Zuli building great engines for especially the Wasoda area with several sanctioning bodies, track our national championships, and you name it, whether it's super stocks, Midwest mods, you know, street stocks, you name it, he takes care of you get a hold of frank we're getting close to the end of the year here you want to get your stuff on order now so you can be ready for 2022 a little bit of news in the dirt late model okay first of all hey we created we created a brand i'm pumped i am absolutely stoked we actually created a brand the x-factor jesse glenn's has new apparel coming out x-factor x-factor apparel that is super cool that is that that's just the cool factor is just we got to get that apparel it just is what it is but get this so remember you had that falling out right with with mars at the masters and kind of sounded like probably going a different direction and we're like is he going longhorn is he gonna get a rocket what's he doing guys jesse glenn is gonna be in an ssr late model for 2022 that's rolling the dice. That's rolling the dice. I mean, they, they, they ran well at some of the shows. They really did. But we're talking, I tell you what, if somebody, if there's somebody that can win races in that car, it's that guy. And if he goes out and he wins a bunch of races in 2022, will that officially put SSR on the map for dirt late models in the Wasota region? Well, you know, it's hard to say because sometimes when you get a guy with a lot of talent, it doesn't necessarily sell cars. Sometimes it's that guy, that unfound guy, that guy, you know, that that's been kind of lurking and then you put him in this car. It's like, wow, he really propels, you know, it'll be interesting to see, but SSR, you know, Wisconsin company, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to see it. You know, I'd love nothing more for something local to really launch them. Uh, but like I said, you know, I, we, we've all seen it before where someone with a lot of talent, which Jesse Glenn's has a lot of talent, you know, people just say, well, Jesse Glenn. So of course he's good. I don't know. That's kind of my initial thought. What do you think, Bert? Uh, I mean, if, if he goes out and wins right away in it and, you know, runs like Jesse Glenn's runs every, every summer, uh, you know, I'm sure drivers will take notice and they'll at least uh, consider it, look into it a little further. 
They will. I'm telling you, if there's a class of cars out there, the technology is a big deal. It's late models, right? I mean, you look at you look at the rocket cars this year. For the most part, across with national racing, they were they were behind the eight ball all year. And we're, we're talking Jimmy Owens. We're talking some drivers that are fantastic, and they were in rockets. So now he's in an unfounded car. So just because you're a good driver, does not mean now maybe in a streeter or a Midwest mod or a super. Maybe I, I don't know if that's necessarily true in a late model because in late model racing, there's so much talent there already. So if somebody's talented and they win with something different, man, this could be a big deal. It'll be interesting to see how that goes because them MB boys are tough to beat. I mean, they got, they got a good sort of program, you know, and, uh, yeah, for sure. So it'll be, it'll be interesting now. Well, <laughs> well, I have one more comment on that. And I mean, chassis does make a difference i mean you can be a great driver but if you're not in good equipment i mean it, it'll show i mean just look at hudson o'neill when he raced the masters built house car only a couple years mm -hmm. ago and uh, i mean look at when jonathan davenport raced the barry wright house car what was that like five years ago i i mean he was out of that ride a few months into the season so even if you're a great driver you still the equipment still needs to be good yeah they're gonna they're gonna have to do some testing i hope they have a budget to go do a lot of testing because you know their modified program's good their midwest mod program's good so i mean we'll find out so a little bit more on that we talked about jeffrey massing go kind of taking a look over to open stuff but a uh, little other rumor a retirement rumor rumor has it steve larson is selling out of all his stuff and he might be pulling the pin. He might be officially calling it quits. I haven't heard an official announcement, but I know he's been selling a lot of stuff. So Steve Larson, a guy that's been doing it for a very long time, looks like he may have made his last laps in a dirt late model. We'll find out. Uh, this guy that's been doing it for many, many years. And uh, I, I really have a lot of fun chatting with him when he comes to town. I called him the angel's wonder. <laughs> and uh, he, he's like, you, you asshole. He said he, he's, he's fun to be around. He's probably one of the best interviews that I've ever done for an article because uh, he can talk and he has some great stories behind them. I mean, when I interviewed him, I probably inter our, the interview was probably 45 minutes to an hour long because, I mean, he just had great stories and I just kept listening. So here, here's what we'll do, guys. I'll get a hold of Steve. And if, if, if that's the case, if he's officially retired, we're going to get him on the show. So start getting, start putting your notes together on Steve Larson on different questions you might have to ask him because if he's pulling the pin, we're going to want to talk to him because you're right. He's been around so long and he's won so many races. That would be a fun interview. I mean, we could literally talk to him for eight hours. We, we won't do that probably, but we could. So a little bit of uh, World of Outlaw Sprint Car News, guys. Uh, did you happen to see that? The Casey Kane team, uh, a vacant seat in Casey Kane Racing. Puka, what did you see there? Yeah, you know, the ironic thing about that is, so yeah, James McFadden exiting that ride, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, he'll be racing with Roth Motorsports. Well, Roth Motorsports had to get rid of Aaron Reitzel earlier this, in like August, I think it was late July, because Reitzel got caught cheating. So who does Roth throw in the car? Casey Kane, right? So so Casey Kane's out, and his driver, James McFadden, is in. So it's just kind of some irony how, how, how small the, in, in weird ways the racing world works. I, I was just going to say something, but I won't. Uh, somebody will get offended. <laughs> I was going to say, 
there's a lot of moving things around in the racing world, but you can paint your own picture on that one right there. So speaking of the sprint car world, uh, Brad Sweet and Young Money, they're, uh, they got a new venture going on. Bert, what did you see there? Uh, they're going to be promoting the Silver Dollar Speedway in uh, Chico, California. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, two top sprint car drivers uh, do in the promoting world. It'll be, I'm telling you what, apparently they feel like they have too many friends, so now they want to be a promoter so they can get <laughs> rid of a few of them. I'm not really sure, but it'll be interesting, and it's kind of a natural transition. Look like Brad Sweet might be kind of running the day-to-day operations of the track there, kind of sounded like, which I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. How are they actually going to do that? I was not really sure how that's going to work. So talking about vacating rides and moving around, we'll get back to the late model world. What's happening over at Clint Boyer Racing? Well, bad news is Josh Richards out. Good news is Clint's brother is insistent that the team is, is not folding. They're going to find a driver. You know, we talked a lot about Josh Richards, even last year, all the flat tires and just, you know, kind of a, a tough year, uh, you know, for Josh. And so, yeah, so Josh is kind of looking for a ride. Of course, his dad is Mark Richards. You got to think he'll find something. And I, I mean, we've talked about Josh Richards a lot on this show and I've been saying since like midsummer that he needs to get out of that ride. I don't know what it is, but he's got too much talent for the results that that team has put up. And I mean, the thing is um, I remember an interview with him a couple of years ago because Boyer's team used to be two cars because O'Neill used to race one and then they dropped down to one car and they said they dropped down to one car because they were going to focus on the championship. Well, ever since they started focusing on the championship, their results have gone downhill. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, I guess uh, you're right. I mean, sometimes a, a certain that doesn't work. You know, sometimes I mean, they might find a different driver. That whole deal goes great. Number one, where is he going to end up? Where do you, do you think he's going to end up back at Mark Richards, you know, racing for his dad? Do you think he's going to end up in some other ride? And any guesses, any thoughts on who might fill his shoes over there at Clint Boyer Racing? Well, I, w- I would say the odds are right now, you know, if Rocket has to have two cars, they're going to have two cars because I think, he, you know, his dad will be, insist that he races. If nothing else, you know, for the R&D, uh, you're talking about someone that might end up in the ride. Here's someone that I, I thought of that's young. He's on an upward trajectory. Now, I remember Brandon Shepard. I, I listened to an interview with Mark this summer. He drives eight hours to West Virginia from Illinois in the loads in the holler and then they go racing. So it's an eight hour trip for him most of the time, unless they're coming, you know, towards the Midwest, they pick him up then. Uh, but how about Josh Rice, Northern Kentucky? I looked it up four hours away. He already runs a rocket, like I said, an upward trajectory and a young guy. That'd be somebody that might be, you know, in line to take over that ride. <clears throat> Tell you what, you couldn't find that guy's on the pump. He's fun to watch. So that, that right there. So Puka's prediction right now, Josh writes, Clint Boyer Racing. Let's see if it happens. That'll be interesting to find out. So uh, must-see events of the week. There's really not a lot going on this weekend, right? You know, what are you, is, what, is there something in particular that you're looking forward to this weekend? There's not much. Like you said, there's not much going on this weekend. Uh, I mean, racing-wise, I would say the Dobbler is probably uh, the top race out there to, uh, to watch. Yeah, I would agree. And of course, this episode, I didn't even, or this, uh, this segment, Puka, we'll let you touch on that because I know we got a sponsor. Oh, Give them a little shout out. Yeah, no problem. C4 Energy. The good old C4 Energy right here. So Black Friday, 
a couple of days away, C4 Energy has already started their special. Spend $75, get $25 back. Spend $75, get $25 back. Just click in the link below, click on the link below, excuse me. Um, you know, physically, mentally, it'll get you energy you need to get through the day. Zero sugar energy drinks. Plus, you know, they've got, you know, you know, New Year's resolution season is right around the corner. They've got the protein powders, the aminos, the pre-workouts, the post-workouts, the energy shots, all that good stuff. So again, spend 75, get 25 back, go to the link below. Black Friday special is going to run through Cyber Monday here. So you got some time. There you go. So we talk about the gobbler, you know, I think, uh, well, we both picked Overton, right, Bert? I think that's who we picked for that one. Puka, who did you say you picked for the for the gobbler? I've got JD. I had JD. That's a great pick. Fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. You know, here here's my closing thoughts on the gobbler. It's at Cochran, right? And over the last couple of years, that place has been kind of filled with a little bit of drama, right? Over and under. Either, either do you think they're gonna have more drama at Cochran this week? Or do you think it's going to go smooth sailing down there? I'm going to go with smooth just because we're in a, we're in a what waning phase of the moon. The full moon was a few days ago. So I think that they caught a break on the lunar cycle. <laughs> I will agree. It's going to go, it's going to be a smooth operation. <laughs> and I, I like drama. We need something to talk about here. So I think, I think there's going to be a, it's going to be a shit show like it was last year. So at least I hope so. Cause we won't, we, we need something to talk about. So speaking of that, you know, it's, it's Thanksgiving week, right? You know, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you guys and, and everybody else and everybody listening and all of our sponsors and all of our fans. Give us one thing guys that, I mean, we have a lot to be thankful for. We really do, but give us one thing in particular that you're thankful for, um, this year? Well, um, I am thankful. Um, well, I haven't, I haven't been open about this, but, uh, the reason I missed so many shows earlier this year is I'm going through a divorce. So I'm thankful that I'm able to talk about racing every week with you guys. And I'm thankful for all the friends that I have, uh, through the throughout this whole process. So uh, it's, it's all good. And uh, I'm going to see more racing next summer. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a fact. We're, yeah, we're thankful to be able to do that with you too, buddy. Puka, how about you? Well, just the whole COVID situation. I mean, you know, we, you know, you go back nine months, you know, and even just, you know, talking to advertisers, we came into the year, January, February, early March, you know, everyone's like, Oh boy, I, I just don't know. And even at that time talking a little bit about, you know, kind of hard to get stuff and, you know, we don't necessarily want to advertise, you know, how much racing we're going to get in. And it looks like for the most part, well, for, for, let's go back, you know, we got to see a lot of racing, like racing for the most part went off without a hitch, you know, so we didn't have any problems there. So we had a full season of racing. We got the report on it. Great summer. Like I said, lots of stuff, you know, real optimistic and, and a lot of exciting things coming in, in 2022. Uh, so just thankful that it all happened and thankful that for the most part, it looks like, you know, COVID is, is kind of behind us. I mean, we're going to have flare-ups and all that, but we've got the vaccines, we have therapeutics, all that stuff. So like I said, 2022, uh, if we kind of get through this supply deal, you know, tires, parts, all that, um, you know, we have a lot to look forward to, as we talked about earlier in the episode, uh, we, you know, with racing. And just like you said, you know, Ryan, a lot to be thankful for and, and ha happy Thanksgiving to both of you two, too, and all the fans listening. 
Yeah, and, and I would say, I think I said this last year, but I, I'm super thankful as far as racing goes. I'm thankful. There's a lot of thankful for in life, but uh, just the streaming platforms that are out there, you know, particularly, you know, Ben and John and the guys over at Dirt Race Central who throughout the whole season, we cover a lot of the Wasota, a lot of our area. And, you know, I want to thank them guys, especially because we're able to catch so much of action from our own area. But then you look at all the other street streaming platforms, whether it's Dirt Vision, Nav TV, XR, Race and Dirt, all of them, it flow gives us all an opportunity to catch some great action throughout the country. And it doesn't cost us an arm and a leg. We can watch from home and uh, just we can watch multiple races on the same day. So I'm pretty thankful for that. So Puka, episode 107 in the books, uh, take us home. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So that concludes. So please share. We had one of our best episodes just on Facebook last week, about 9,000 views. Uh, that doesn't include YouTube. That doesn't include the podcast. So uh, sharing is a big reason. We have a lot of shares. So if you can share, if you like the episode, please share. Uh, so more people are exposed to the episode. We'd appreciate that. Again, we got some swag. Uh, get a hold, you know, just uh, the one to go show at gmail.com or send a, a Facebook message. We can get stuff shipped out to you. As always, Thanks to our great partners, Dirt Track Supply, BuyRayShirts.com, C4, Cowboy Up Racing, Zulis Race Engines, Blue Line Brews. Uh, like I said, comment. Uh, you know, give us an email if you if you want. Hit us up, Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the one to go show. Awesome. So. A production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.